Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Today, Simon Barrington is joined by Rosalie Veloso-Yule. Rosalie is the principal of Redcliffe College and has some great insights into training leaders for cross-cultural work and how embracing diversity can expand influence. So welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Rosalie Veloso-Yule. Rosalie is the principal of Redcliffe College and uh, she's based in Gloucester in the United Kingdom. And uh, Rosalie joins us from there today. Welcome, Rosalie. Well, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Brilliant. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, about Redcliffe College and, and your role as principal there. Sure. Well, about myself, I was born and raised in the mega city of São Paulo in Brazil. My dad uh, was the founder and senior pastor of a large Baptist church in São Paulo. And my mother is originally from the United States, um, but she also lived and worked and served in Brazil for nearly 50 years. So I'm not sure she's very American anymore. (laughs) And that's where I grew up in Sao Paulo. I was blessed with a wonderful family, my parents, a brother, church, school. But then it was the end of the dictatorship in Brazil. So I ended up going to the States for university and postgraduate studies. And I did all of my my education once I finished secondary school. I did all of my education in the States um, with a master's from Fuller and then finally Duke University. And that's where I met my wonderful husbands. And so we finished our degrees at the university um, in North Carolina and then went back to Brazil and taught at a Bible college there in the city of Londrina for about seven years until we moved to the UK in 2011. And now we're here, three great kids, ages 17, 14, and 12. And we're quite, um, Redcliffe, the main offices are in Gloucester, but I actually live in Birmingham. And in Birmingham, we're part of a a kind of intentionally rooted community called Companions for Hope. And we we live and serve and work in the Summerfield, Winston Green part of Birmingham. And so that's that's where we are, that's where our church is, and... um, and we're happy to be here. And yeah, so and that that's kind of more about me. Um, and the college, so Redcliffe, it's been great. I've only been there for about seven months as the principal. And it's been a wonderful place to land. Um, I'm quite new, but last year Redcliffe celebrated its 125th anniversary. So that's cool. Um, it's been through a lot of changes in the past few years. And changes aren't always easy, but I've just been so impressed with the staff and the students and the amazing work that they're doing all around the world. Um, Redcliffe started as the first mission training center for women in the UK. Yeah, 126 years ago now. Um, So kind of from its beginning, it's been cutting edge in a sense and not really not afraid to forge new paths and things like that. And we're trying to keep that tradition going um, in terms of mission training and leadership training. We train men and women, not just women anymore, Um, men and women in postgraduate, non-residential, blended style learning is what we call it. And by blended, that means that our students really spend very little time in Gloucester. It's actually a combination of in-class intensive modules that are offered at many times during the year. It's very flexible offered in Gloucester, but also in hubs around the world. So right now we've got Australia and New Zealand 
and probably, Lord willing, starting up in Southeast Asia next year. Um, and so people don't necessarily come to Gloucester. And, and so the college offers the MAs in cross-cultural mission, member care, linguistics, and leadership. So, but it's not just for the professional missionary. I mean, that's a big thing that we try to push at the college, that all Christians are called to participate in God's mission. So you don't have to be a professional to be interested and to learn more and to discern the ways God is working in the world and how you can do that. So we've got students from all fields, from all different walks of life who encounter something in their areas of work and want to explore that more deeply. And so the program at the college offers a kind of flexible context for studying and practical learning about uh, diversity of things. So it's it's been a great place. Yeah, and you've had a fantastic journey from uh, Brazil through Fuller. Yeah. And we must swap notes about Fuller at some stage. Indeed. And, uh, and, then, um, and, and then the US and, and, and Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now preparing people to go back out to the world, which is wonderful. Are there, are there any specific stories that capture for you um, what God is doing through Redcliffe at, at the moment in the lives of students and, and staff? Oh, there's a lot of good stories. I mean, a typical student is at the college is someone who is growing in their leadership role and wants to invest in the next 10, 20, 30 years of, of their ministry. And so it's, you know, as we encounter these students, um, we we learn their stories. So one one that comes to mind, we have a woman who works with teenage refugee asylum-seeking boys on the continent. And part of her research has been around the, the burnout of volunteers working in, that, in, in those places. And so she's using her master's to develop a bit of re, um, some resources, really, for resilience, for spiritual care, mental care, emotional, physical care of the volunteers, um, which is so crucial, in her case, teenage boys who come from, you know, it's not like they're from the same family. They come from a variety of countries. They don't share a language. They don't share a religious background, they just, at most, they might share a harrowing story of how they got to where they are. And so the, the people that, that are trying to work with them and help them and encourage them and learn from them are themselves, you know, pushed to their limits. So, so it's been really uh, a learning time for, for us as a college, for her as a student to to think through what are the resources that that can that are out there or that can be developed for people working in those sorts of mission contexts. Um, we also have um, uh, another student who has done quite a significant amount of work in uh, cross-cultural leadership 
within the UK. So when you're in a, a very diverse place, as most of the UK now is, of course, um, it, you don't have to go across the world to be in, in multi-ethnic context and think about what, what are the gifts that God has given to that community. And, and this student is developing all sorts of tools for um, bringing those gifts that are already within a community that the, the world, culture, the city tells the community, you're depressed, you know, you guys are poor, you don't have any kind of education or anything like that. Actually, God has gifted all of those people with amazing things. There's just never been a context for those gifts to come come to light. And so that's part of the work of, of that student. And it's been, it's exciting to see. So those. Yeah, it must be a joy to be able to come alongside uh, people who are in cutting edge situations and uh, are yeah. living out their, their faith in a very real um, and immersive uh, setting. How do you kind of balance the academic and the praxis at, um, at, at Redcliffe? What's your DNA in, in terms of enabling people to, to, to balance that? Well, the blended learning style already helps in that. So they have the intensive modules that they do either in Gloucester or at one of the other hubs. Um, but they're, they're never extracted fully from their context of work. So you don't get people, you know, it's it, in this day and age, it's very hard for a, a person just to pick up and relocate sometimes with a family for two or three years to do intensive studying. That's expensive. That's makes it difficult for the family and ends up taking the student away from their context of ministry. So the way um, this blended style works is that they, they remain in their place of work. And so already they're coming with questions to the, the more academic side. They're coming with questions that are very rooted in the day-to-day -day experience of whatever their work is, whether they're in in the secular workplace or in uh, um, you know so-called full-time Christian ministry, um, they're coming already with those questions. So it, it's it's a conversation, perhaps might be the a, a good way of describing the style conversation between the practical and the academic, and how the the biblical narratives and the theology inform our mission and how our mission is, is, you know, it works both ways. So we read texts in a new light, you know, for example, working with the refugees, you, you end up reading certain biblical narratives and stories with completely different eyes. You know, when you can identify the young slave girl that said to her mistress, you know, if only the general could see the prophet, you know, in the story of Naaman, you know, you can give a name to that girl when you, the Bible doesn't, but you can when you're working with these people. So, so the academic informs the practical and vice versa and, and makes the, 
the story of God more real and relevant in our world today. Now, when you were growing up in uh, Sao Paulo, um, did you always know you were going to be a leader? Uh, was that <laughs> no. something that was uh, there as, as a young girl? Or how, how's that come about in you that you find yourself leading a, a, a mission college that's having having global impact? <laughs> no, definitely not. I actually wanted to be, I wanted to be a journalist. I, really. I Yeah, and I, oh. I studied journalism. I wanted to, um, not, the, not the person that uh, headlines the news, not that mm-hmm. sort of journalist, the one that goes and, you know, might get blown up, that, that sort of. Okay. That sort okay. of journalist. So, so you wanted to be a Kate Aidy or an Orla Goering or one of the BBC correspondents like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Christiane Amanpour was quite famous oh, okay. when I was okay. a, a, a yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so that was more what I was thinking of. Um, I think growing up uh, with parents in leadership in the church, I I knew. Um, I saw and you know firsthand the the good and the bad and the complexities of it. So um so I I didn't think oh I want to be a leader, but I also didn't think I don't want to be a leader. I was blessed like I said, I mean my parents my dad has already passed away. My parents were great um and of integrity in leadership and of of uh, love and care for all people, even when you're in a crisis or stress time, that if you're a Christian leader, you've got to to show God's love, and that will look different in different times and places. But but they were always um, wonderful examples of that. Um, so, so I mean, short answer, no. I hadn't planned on being a leader. Um, my work previous to coming to Redcliffe was quite a lot of um, networking more globally. I worked with the World Evangelical Alliance and the Theological Commission, um, kind of helping to support theological education projects around the world, mostly Africa, Asia, um, some in Latin America. And... And then that was great, and I met amazing people. That was the best part of that work was the people that I got to meet who are doing amazing work in such difficult contexts. Uh, but it wasn't uh, an uh, educational setting proper. And so for me, with my training and background, coming to Redcliffe was like coming home. It was like, oh, you know, I get to, I get to combine my passion for mission and my passion for learning and studying, um, the, studying the Bible, studying Christian theology, and learning from from the different people and the different voices in that conversation. So, so you know, it's this is where God's put me. And um, and uh, uh, you're you're a um, you're a theologian and. Uh, do that as a <laughs> as a profession um how do you read the scriptures in in as a leader and and and, and what scriptures have particularly impacted the way that you lead particularly in a in a theological education setting um tell us about that i a friend of mine who's at yale 
uh, he wrote a commentary on Acts, the book of Acts. And he says in that commentary, something like, his name is Willie James Jennings. He says in that commentary, no one in a position of leadership in the book of Acts is doing what he or she wants to do. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant quote. And, and then he, you know, he has, of course, we can all think of examples, but it's really true. Whether you're, you know, the good guys or the bad guys, like the, the leaders at the Sanhedrin or wherever, you know, you end up doing things that you didn't want to do. You, you know, poor Philip was called to um, serve the widows and make sure everybody was being taken care of. And next thing he knows, he's running alongside some chariot. Um, and, um, uh, you know, Peter is is called to, to lead there locally. And next thing you know, he's gone to... Um, to meet Cornelius and gets into all sorts of trouble. And so it's a, I think I would say I, when I think about how I read the scriptures and leadership, I do go to the book of Acts, not just because of that quote, but because I think that stories like Peter and Cornelius and that narrative that goes from Acts 10 to Acts 15 are, they're crucial because they're about listening to another and it's very easy in leadership to other people to to make someone else another you know they're not a leader or they're not in education or you know it's it's kind of an us and them type of thing and i find in the story of peter and cornelius a, a very important reminder that the spirit of God is speaking to Cornelius. And if they had not met, one would not know what the spirit had said to the other. You know, so, so it's so important to think, what are we missing out on as uh, leaders, or just really as Christians, when we're not willing to, to listen to the other, you know, what is this, what if the spirit is saying something that I really need to hear, but I'm only going to hear it if I engage with that other person. Um, and so that's, that for me is always, um, it is about kind of pushing the boundaries in that sense, but it's letting Jesus is the one that calls people to himself. We're called, we participate in that, but Jesus is the one that does the calling, and the temptation is always to think we get to call the shots, we get to make all the decisions, but actually, if we're going to be close to Jesus, we're going to be close to people that we might not like being close to, <laughs> but but he's the one that's doing the calling, and so as leaders especially, we need to model that and keep the the integrity of that listening to the spirit um in in all of our work and how do you seek to model that personally both in your personal life and your family life but also in the class as well well at the college uh, i think in some ways it, it might be almost easier because by by its very nature the 
people who study, so academics, for lack of a better word, but in a good sense, academics are curious people. You know, we want to ask questions. We want to learn more. We get excited when we read something that we hadn't thought about before. Um, so I think that having an openness to listening to others, to listening to new ideas, to being challenged about the way we practice you know, our mission or whatever, that's um, that comes somewhat more naturally within within the college. And more and more, we've been trying to ask ourselves, you know, who's not in this conversation that needs to be here? Who are we not talking with? Who are we not listening to that needs to be here? Not just in the sense of diversity, but, or, you know, cultural diversity, but all sorts of different types of the, the complexity of this world. Um, at home, uh, <laughs> our house um, is is well known for being the house, the open door, as in I'm always forgetting my keys. We never have keys. The house is always open. So you never know who's going to come in. Um, but we also have part of our little community called Companions of Hope. It's very much shaped around being neighbors on purpose, I guess might be one way of putting it, and quite intentional about not just offering hospitality, but being willing to receive hospitality. Um, when we offer hospitality, we're still in control. And going back to that text of Peter and Cornelius, you know, Peter actually has to go. And it's always more uncomfortable in some ways for us to to go to be received by someone who's very different, who has a different diet, different types of whatever. Um, but but that's part of being neighbors on purpose. And um, we're gifted with a diversity of neighbors and our kids, of course, always learning daily from our children um, and their friends. And, and so, so, you know, we don't get it all right by, you know, definitely lots of mistakes and ups and downs, but, but we've also been blessed with God's grace and um, good friends and Christian, Christian voices that speak into our lives in different ways. And that's a, that's a joy to hear, um, Rosalina. At the college, you run a, um, a MA in leadership in a complex world and, and certainly the world seems to be more complex uh, these days and volatile and uncertain and ambiguous and and all of those things and um, what are the core components of of how you prepare um leaders to engage in god's mission where where they are these days that may be a different from how traditionally it would have been done yeah it's it is quite a unique leadership program that redcliffe offers the there's um, three I would say three key anchor points, um, and uh, Simon Caldwell is our course leader, and I believe he's the one that's actually coined these um, three unique points of the leadership program at Redcliffe. The first is complexity requires collaboration. The second is diversity brings wisdom, and the third is emergence explains change. 
And by that, it's basically that um, in this complex world, so the first one, complexity requires collaboration. In such a complex, interconnected world, we believe at Redcliffe there is still a role for the leader, but it's not the role that people might expect. So leaders aren't, we don't train heroes. I think traditionally leaders have been thought of as the ones that solve all the problems, the the hero, the superhero that flies in and gets everything sorted. But actually heroes or heroes, leaders cannot, they don't know everything. I don't think, I don't think that's unique to our time. I actually think that was always the case, but they don't know everything. They can't provide all the answers. So when we think about leadership in a post-heroic world, if I can put it that way, then that's where we re- it requires collaboration. So that's why this complex requires collaboration. In a post-heroic world, leaders must be the type that collaborate. Diversity brings wisdom. That's in the Redcliffe's DNA. We look at the leadership program, looks at how looks at collective approaches to leadership, welcoming to the table diverse range of people, each with their own vital perspectives. Um, it's also about what tables are you sitting at. So again, back to that hospitality thing, not always being in control, but being willing to sit at someone else's table and learn. Um, uh, that also, the, the wisdom that you get from that also has to do with reducing the, the distance between the leader and the follower. Um, so that's a key aspect of the program. And in learning from people of all ages, cultures, backgrounds, uh, and making sense of the world together, discerning the ways that God calls us to participate in God's mission, and all of that diversity plays into how wisdom comes about in the in the leadership program. The last one that I mentioned briefly was emergence explains change. And that, again, gets to the leader not having all the answers. In the same way, the leader can't really predict or control the future. Plans often don't work because stuff happens. And so part of the program is looking more closely at emergent change and encouraging students to see leadership as a process not just a, here's my goal, how am I going to get there, but the whole process that involves living, listening conversations, listening to different conversations, and and that these are always evolving, and that we exchange hopes and dreams, shape ideas, with the goal of expressing, uh, you know, a passionate commitment of a team to a shared purpose. So it's not like you don't have a purpose. Of course we do. At Redcliffe, you offer excellent training in mission to a diverse range of people, um, and we hope to do that in training people to participate in God's mission to the best of our ability. So if we're not going towards that or moving towards that, there's, of course, a problem. But um, understanding that there's always change involved and that if we are inspired by God, we also expect that God's voice will be the primary voice that we're listening to and that is leading. So the leader is the person that learns to be led. 
um, certainly led by the voice of God's spirit and by listening to these others. So those are the key points of the leadership program. It's, it's quite unique. It's exciting. Um, such a diverse group of people in the program. And, and that makes it all the better, really. Wonderful. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to um, a younger leader who's starting out in exploring um, the calling of God on their lives and where God would be having them serve and, 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 and minister, um, what, what would it be? I, I think I would say love unconditionally. Not, not the sappy, silly stuff of film or television, but the difficult, deep love that we see in the letters of John, you know, the godly love, the love one another for love is from God. Uh, there's an American writer and theologian named Frederick Buechner. Um, he's still living. He must be in his 90s by now. But he he's written all sorts of books, fiction and nonfiction. And he has this great quote that I like um, from one of his books called Listening to Your Life. And he says, only a life given away for love's sake is a life worth living. Can you, can you repeat that? <laughs> sure, of course, yeah. Given away for love's sake is a life worth living. And he ties it to, um, of course, the life of Christ. But it's it's the deep, you know, that God loved the world. And I think as we think about mission locally, global mission, cross-cultural mission, leadership and mission, that type of love is fundamental. We have no part in God's mission if we cannot love as God loves. I don't think um, I, I we we have no part in that mission if we can't learn to love the way God does, and it's complicated, it's difficult, but again, it gets to being close to Jesus. If you're going to be close to Jesus, you're going to have to be close to the others that Jesus is calling, other people, other communities, other churches, whatever. And and that requires uh, a new, or a, not a new, the oldest type of love that, that God um, gave us um, from the very beginning. And I, I think for, for young leaders, you know, you can have great plans and and, and that's a good thing to have, um, good dreams and hopes and the support of family and friends. It's all wonderful and part of, part of what, what makes us flourish, but not to lose sight of, of learning to love the way God loves in order to be part of God's mission. Well, that's deeply challenging and very profound as well. Now, as you think about the future of Redcliffe, what, what are you excited about over the coming months and years um, at the college and, and how can we pray for you? Well, thank you. I th- Over the coming months, we've got our summer school uh, in July, the last three weeks of July. So that's definitely something that we're very excited about. We've got uh, amazing 
line things like that. So, so I'm really looking forward to that. My mother will be starting a master's. <laughs> so that's, wow. I know. How cool is wow. that? Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's great. And so we're looking forward to, to the new students, to the returning students, because this is part of that intensive module blended learning style that I mentioned earlier. So that's in the in the more immediate future. Um, long term, we're excited about the possibility, the opening up of new hubs around the world, so that we can genuinely be contextual and it's really. Um, focus on maintaining a flexible type of program where students can start at different times of the year, can study in different places that are more accessible to them and that help them um, think more deeply about their work without taking them out of that context. Um, So those are the, the things that we're most excited about at the college. They're also the things that are a focus of our prayers these days, is the the students um, scattered all around the world um, and the staff. Uh, right now, we're, we're actually quite a small staff for all the, the teaching that's delivered. So as the principal, I am concerned about, you know, stretching people to capacity and making sure that, that I, I don't want them to be, you know, uh, overburdened or overworked. Um, We all need our Sabbath, and sometimes that's hard to do in busy day-to-day college life. Um, So I think think we just, our, our prayers, my prayers for the staff is for their, their energy, their resilience, but also wisdom um, for us as a college to, to make sure that that everyone is working to their strengths and finding delight and joy rather than getting tired out. Um, no, of course we all get tired sometimes, but, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you. And, um, if people want to find out more about, um, Redcliffe college, where, where do they go? I would go to the website, redcliffe.ac.uk. Um, we also have a, a couple of special events, coming up. One, actually, I should mention here to you is the Women in Missiology consultation that will be in June here in Birmingham. There's a link to that on the website. There's also a Facebook if you look up Women in Missiology. It'll be opened up to men at some point, (laughs) but it's actually just a network. We're trying to, that's not just a Redcliffe thing. It's an open network um, to encourage, especially those younger leaders, uh, women who are studying in uh, for masters or PhDs or whatever um, to to be able to exchange stories and best practices and here's some resources that really helped me and stuff like that so that's coming up um, in June and and that should be good and Redcliffe also has a podcast so if you want to find out more about that there's a new one that you need to come and and speak to us. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Tim will get you lined up for that. Um, so yeah, the the website would be the main way. But if you're at, if you're ever in Gloucester, pop in for a cup of tea. I'd love to do that. <laughs>
<laughs> Rosalie, thank you so much for taking time to join us on the podcast today and uh, wish you all the best with the summer school and uh, the exciting events that are happening in Redcliffe. And uh, I'm sure people will want to pray for you and the work that you're doing um, in preparing people for mission right around the world. Rosalie, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. We love your feedback, so do get in touch at hello at forge-leadership.com or visit our website, forge-leadership-podcast.com. Forge Leadership Podcast.